How can we discover God's gift, grace and ministry for our lives? How can we be good stewards of the gifts, grace and ministry entrusted to us? Listen to this useful message. All right. So we're going to rise up and uh, make our declaration this morning. So if you would like if you can please let's stand to your feet. Let's all rise up. We're going to hold our Bibles high up in the air. And then we're going to make our declaration. Those of you at home or watching online, you could join us. Just hold your Bible up. And uh, let's all say this out loud, bold, and strong together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed. Delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. I present myself as a new wineskin to receive the new wine and fresh oil being poured out on me. God releases new things and a new work of his spirit in me and through me in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated please. Thank you. I'm um, really excited about this service today. Um, I've just been praying and saying, God, this morning, I uh, just want God to, like we prayed earlier, um, just been praying that God will awaken uh, the call of God, the gift of God, the destiny of God that's in each one of us. And I believe God will do that by His Spirit. So keep your heart open. Uh, to what the Holy Spirit does uh, in you, uh, right where you are. Let's turn our Bibles, please, to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we will read verses 7 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Uh, we read this passage two Sundays back, and we outlined what we referred to as uh, end times lifestyle. So this was two Sundays back. Uh, we read this passage and uh, we outlined uh, five things the Apostle Peter writes for us here as, uh, as, as saying that this is the lifestyle you have to have as you live in the end times. So let's read this first and then just recap a bit and then focus on what we want to do this morning. So you can read it out loud with me, please. Let's go. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, we said two Sundays ago when we talked about end times lifestyle, we said that the Apostle Peter is saying, you know, the end of all things is at hand, therefore live like this. And he outlines a lifestyle, something that we live by. He said, you know, uh, uh, be serious about prayer and watchful in prayer. He said, have fervent love, be hospitable. And then he said, Use your gifts to serve one another. And finally he said, do everything for the glory of God. So it's very simple. 
This is the end times. Live like this. And so we spent some time last Sunday talking about one of the things he mentioned, which was right there in verse 7, where he said, uh, be serious and watchful in prayers. So we looked at that, uh, uh, took a, a little in-depth look at what it means to be watchful in prayers. Today, we're going to look closely or spend some time on another aspect of what he said, which is in verse, verses 10 and 11, basically. Verse 10, he said, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So today, we're going to talk about stewarding your gift, grace, and ministry. Or you could use the word gifts in plural. Uh, you know, usually many of us have more than one gift. So uh, stewarding our gifts, grace, and ministry. Because he says that's another part of our lifestyle. That's another aspect of how we live in the end times. We live as stewards of the gifts, grace, and ministry that God has given to each one of us. So we're going to look at that verse uh, carefully today and try to understand some of these things, how, how you and I can apply uh, what it, and, and learn what it means to be a steward of the gift, grace, and ministry God has given to us. But let's break it down. Let's understand these key words. There are four key words in that verse, verse number 10. First of all, he said, as, every, as each one has received the gift. So the word gift there is the word charisma in the Greek. And it simply talks about spiritual endowment, a spiritual gift, something that God gives, a spiritual gift, a, a gifting, an empower, empowerment that comes from God. So that's the meaning of the word gift. It's a spiritual empowering, something that God has placed in each of us, placed in you, gift. As each one has received a gift, so minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace. The word grace. Now let me just back up on that word gift because I forgot something to say. Yeah, on that word gift, they're talking about spiritual gift. Now in the New Testament, we find three categories of gifts. And you, you probably heard me share this many times before, but it's just good for the you know for benefit of review and maybe for also for the benefit of those who might be new to it. That you find three categories of gifts. Uh, first, we find what the Bible refers to as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are spiritual empowerments that are given to all believers. So all believers have access to all nine of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you as a believer... You've got this. You say, Pastor, I don't even know what they are. Don't worry. You've got it. <laughs> it's there for you. right? And part of what we have to do as a church is equip every child of God to learn, to understand what this is and move in it. That's our responsibility uh, as we serve you. But the fact is, you as a believer, you have access to all nine of these gifts. The second category of gifts, again, this is just labels that we give for the sake of conversation, which we call it as membership gifts, or you could call it as functional gifts, or you can call it as believer's gifts. And you find this in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 4 through 8. Uh, what, what, what the apostle Paul writes there is, you know, he says, all of us are part of the body. And because you're part of the body, you, you, you've been put in a particular place in order to fulfill a function. And because God has put you in that place, he's also uniquely designed you to fulfill that function in that place. That's what we call as membership gifts. So the heart is designed very differently from the ear. Because the heart has a function that only it can perform. The ear is designed to perform the function of hearing. So just according to where God has placed you, he has uniquely designed you. To fulfill that function. So we call it membership gifts. And Paul puts down a representative, not a complete list, but a representative list. He talks about, you know, in Romans 12, 4 through 8, he says, if you're, you know, if, you, if it's prophecy, you prophesy. If it's teaching, you teach. If it is serving, you serve. If it is giving, you give. If it is leading, you lead. You know, whatever you call it, if you call it to show compassion, you do it. That's your membership gift. And every 
believer, again, has certain gifting connected to their function. Amen? There is no believer who does not have gifting connected to their function. You have it. Now, we may not, some may not have discovered their function and therefore may not be aware of the gifting. But the fact is, God has, Jesus Christ has intentionally placed you in a particular place in the body. And he's given you certain gifting in order for you to fulfill that function in the body. Amen. And the third category of gifting you find in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Uh, with this is now you know, uh, selective. It's not for everybody. In Ephesians 4.11, it says, To some he has given to be apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Uh, so this is more what we refer to as a ministry gift, a ministry function, something that has been designated to a certain or to some people, uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. So these, these three broad categories of gifting. But, the, but that's the meaning of the word gift. Now let's move to the word grace. He says, there's a manifold grace. Of God. The word grace talks about divine favor or graciousness, God's graciousness, right? Now, grace is God's, uh, again, the word grace is used in three different ways in the New Testament, right? The word grace means divine favor, it also means divine character, and it also means divine empowerment. So, depending on where the word grace is used in the New Testament, you would understand okay this is talking about divine empowerment so here because it's in the context of ministry and gift the word grace is talking about divine empowerment are you with me if it's if it's in the context of character or how you live then the word grace would be talking about character if it's talking about God giving you something that you didn't deserve it'll be used in the context of divine favor are you with me but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with which he loved us, you know, uh, that, that or, or Romans 5 says, you know, that God, we have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Talking about God's unmerited favor. But in this context, because it's in the context of ministry and gifting, that grace is talking about divine empowering. God giving you what you don't have. Right? The third word that we see there is the word minister. And the word minister sounds very dignified. I am a minister. You know? Sounds very big. But the word, sim word simply means to serve. To be a servant. To serve. That's all it means. And, 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 and in the Bible that word is also translated. Be a deacon. Be a helper. Be a tender. To serve. And then the last word there. Steward. Uh, in that same verse, First Peter 4.10, it says, be a steward. Steward means to be a manager, a caretaker, an overseer. Somebody who has been put in charge of something that is not their own. And in the Bible, often it is used as a person taking care of a house, running the house for the, uh, the, the person in charge of the home. So the steward runs the whole home and takes care of all the things in the home. So he says, You're a, you and I are stewards. Now, in the context of 1 Peter 4.10, I want to make uh, four statements uh, um, uh, this morning uh, in, 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 in stewarding our gift, grace, and ministry. So number one, the first statement I want, to, want us to understand is this, that all believers have gifts, grace, and ministry available to them. All believers. Each one of us sitting here, each one of you watching online, all believers have gifts, God-given endowments, have grace, God's empowering, and ministry opportunity to serve that God has, has for you. So none of us can say, well, I have no gifts. He forgot me. He left me out. No. He says there in 1 Peter 4 and 10, he says, to each one. Is given grace. To each one. As each one has received gift. Or Ephesians 4, 7 says. To each one of us grace was given. According to the measure of Christ. Notice each one. You're not left out. So every believer. You have gifts. Grace and ministry. That the Lord Jesus has for you. It's there. Some may have discovered it. Some may not. But the Bible is very clear. God has something 
for you. Number two, ministry happens when you use your gifts and grace to serve people. So how can you have ministry? Just use the gifts and the grace that God has in your life to do what? To serve people. That means to attend on people, to help people. Just use the gifts and the grace God has given you to serve people. And then ministry happens. Right? Some people say, look, I'm waiting for my ministry to begin. What's the problem? You've got the gift, you've got the grace, start serving. Where? To serve. Sweep the floor, arrange the chairs, do something. You know, just, just serve, do something. Because that's how ministry will get started. Just do something. Whatever opportunity gives comes you. And I'll talk a little bit more on that. But uh, understand that ministry happens just by the gifts and the grace you've got. Just use it to serve people and then your ministry gets started. Or let me say this. Your gifts and grace describe your ministry. Your gifts and grace describe your ministry. So what is your ministry? Just look at your gifts and grace. They will describe your ministry. They define and describe your ministry. That means what are the, uh, the, the, the abilities that, that, you can, that, you, that, are, that you have been endowed with? They may seem like natural, like teaching, like we saw here. Right? Teaching, giving, showing compassion. They may seem like, okay, these are just natural things, natural inclinations. But really, they are God-endowed. They put in you because God designed you that way. So don't get mixed up with, oh, that's a natural thing, that's a spiritual thing. Everything is spiritual because God made you. And when you're consecrated to God, everything about you is spiritual. Amen? So some of you may be very good in business. Don't say that's natural, that's spiritual. Because God designed you for business. Some of you may be good in sales. Don't say sales, that's a very natural thing. I need to be an evangelist. No, be a salesman. That's godly. That's from God. God designed you for that. Are you understanding? Some may. <laughs> so whatever you have, whatever gifting you have, God designed you. And ministry begins that way to use what you've been designed and the grace that is on your life. How, you know, grace means God empowers you in that area. He empowers you to do that. Now, sometimes I just stand amazed at people who write songs. Thank God for those people. I mean, just for them to put those words together like that. And then to put them into music. And you and I can sing. I'm like, God, how did that happen? How did they put those words together? And how did they put that music? And it, it just blesses us when we sing those words. Why? Why how, how can they do it? Because God has given them that gift and the grace to do it. For some of us, it, something else just comes easily. And you can wake me up and say, preach. And I can. <laughs> it just comes out. I can. So how, how does it happen? I don't know. It's just the gift and the grace. But I can't do what the musicians do, even if I try hard. <laughs> For them it counts. It's a gift and a grace. It's, it's what God has designed them and God has given them. Of course, we all have to work on developing our gift and grace. But the, the point is this. There are gifts and grace that are in your life. And as you just start using it to serve people, ministry begins to happen. Right? So... Let's talk a little bit about this. You know, how do you discover your gifts and grace? You know, uh, many people get stuck in that. How do I discover what are my gifts and grace? I'll just give you some simple pointers here. You know, start by serving. Take up whatever opportunity that comes. Just take it up. Start doing it. And you'll find out that, yes, you love doing it or you don't like it. But then that helps you. Even if you don't like it, it tells you that's not the area of your grace. I did once in my life try to teach children's church. Once in my life. I don't know if Amy was here, she will attest to that. So I walked in. I thought I can do some Hebrew and Greek Bible teaching with them. 
I left in 15 minutes. They chased me out. Right? And then I received a revelation. This may not be the area of my grace and gift. I'm not making an excuse, but I'm just saying it takes a certain grace to be able to teach children. And so even that is amazing how these people are able to uh, connect to the heart of little children. It's amazing. So, you know, you, you just take it up, serve. And, and, and whatever opportunity comes, just try doing it. And, you know, if, if you find yourself flowing in it and you find yourself that the gifts are coming out, great. Otherwise, try something else. doesn't matter. Right? So start serving where you are. Or see what you're inclined towards, what you become passionate about, what do you enjoy. Because that's indicative of an area of grace on your life. What are you passionate about? Don't try to copy somebody else. What are you passionate about? And different ones of us sitting here. Maybe passionate about different things. Something that really stirs your heart. Go after that. Thirdly, you could also see how the Holy Spirit leads you as you start moving and serving people. You know, uh, you know that uh, example where you can only steer a moving car. If the car is parked, handbrake on, try steer, steer, it's not going anywhere. There's no point in steering a parked car. But when the car is moving, then there, definitely there is a steering that, that, that is needed to guide it. So the steering of God usually happens in our lives when we start moving. If you are parked, handbrake on, engine off, what's the point of God in heaven steering you? It's not going to serve any purpose. So start moving. Start moving something. And then the Holy Spirit starts cheering you up and he takes you in the right place. And he guides you into you know, the places that he wants you to be in and minister. Or think about the people whom God brings to influence and inspire and guide you. So God is also very intentional in the way he works. He brings certain people into your life. And they speak a certain way to you. They guide you. They say, do this. It doesn't happen by accident that so-and-so has come into your life to influence you in a certain way. Or speak into your life a certain way. God is a great orchestrator. So be sensitive to the people whom God connects in your life and in your path. That is indicative of the direction he wants you to go. So be sensitive to even that. that. So these are just simple pointers that can help you and me you know, discover our gifts and grace. And so as you begin to start doing this, you start serving people, the gifts and the grace in your life become evident and God begins to bless it. Now, you know, um, not every gift and grace necessarily has to be inside church. For instance, one of the gifts in membership gifts is that of leadership. Leadership can be used anywhere. You can lead in church. You can lead in business. You can lead, uh, you know, you can lead a soccer team. You can be a, you know, you can lead a cricket team. Leadership can be used anywhere. So if God has blessed you uh, with that leadership, there's also a place in which he wants you to exercise it. Wherever you go is holy. Sometimes we think, I must only use the gift in the church. No. Where you go is holy. Where you go is kingdom because the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. So you go to the place wherever God wants you to exercise that leadership ability. It could be in business. It could be, you know, wherever. Go and exercise it. Use it. Are you with me? Use it wherever God's given you. Now I understand that, you know, in a time like this, the next question I just want to talk briefly about is, how can I serve in, in these present circumstances? You know, um, I understand that this year, 2020, has been an unusual year for many of all of us. None of us have lived through something like this before in our lives, in our, our lifetime. Uh, and so it's been different. It's been unusual. Uh, but, this is not an excuse to not serve. The present situation, the circumstance, is not an excuse to become passive or become inactive. In fact, this is the, these are the times where the wisdom of God is demonstrated. You can say an amen to that. These are the times in which we shine with the wisdom of God and say, look, this is how we can do things. You don't retreat and say, well, times are bad, I have nothing to do. No. 
tap into the wisdom of God. God, how do you want me to serve people? How do you want me to exercise the gifts and the grace? God's gift and grace over your life does not withdraw, does not become dormant just because there's a pandemic. You just have to find out by the wisdom of God, how do you want me to exercise these things? I'm on so, you know, you could be at home, uh, there, there are all these restrictions we have to observe, but in, in and through that, God can give you creative ways to serve people. Amen? He can give you creative ways. And thank God today we have the tools, or we have the methods, we have the means to reach out and connect with people. And I think about our Bible college, and you heard me talk a lot about it already, but it's so wonderful that Monday through Friday, our staff, our, 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 our teachers, we are speaking into the lives of students, uh, I, I don't know what the current count is, but approximately about 40 different countries. Just imagine, and we are sitting in our little home in Bangalore, and we are able to speak to so many people, just encourage them, teach them the word. Thank God for technology. In fact, we are doing more during the pandemic than we were doing before the pandemic through our Bible college. It's amazing. The pandemic only helped us become bigger, stronger, and better. That's the wisdom of God. That's the grace of God. It couldn't stop us. Amen? And then the many different ways we're able to reach out to people and serve people. I mean, our life groups are meeting online through Zoom. I say, wow, this is such a great thing. Maybe we should continue this after, even after the pandemic. Because after the pandemic, you have a different problem called traffic problem. <laughs> And that's a different kind of a lockdown. You get locked on the streets. And that's a big problem. Just traveling from one part of the city to the other. So you can still continue your life groups on Zoom or, or anything online. And, and you know, you could be living in any part of the city or any part of the country and connect to a life group and be nurtured spiritually. I know it's not, same, it's not the same thing as meeting in person, but it's better than having to spend two hours in traffic to get to somebody's house. Are you with me? So it's only actually opened up so many new things for us that, you know, we can just continue using. And it's just making use of the resources available to us. So in times like this, the wisdom of God is what shines through the church, shines through you and me, showing us how we can continue using our gifts and grace to serve people. So I want to challenge you. Tap into the wisdom of God. Ask God, how can I... Exercise my gifts and grace to serve people. Now, a few things about ministry that I just want to mention here under, under, under the same point is ministry is service, not a title. Some people, sometimes we think, you know, Pastor, give me a title first. Appoint me ABC or Reverend, whatever, whatever. Then I will serve. No, ministry is not a title. It has nothing to do with your title. In fact, I hate titles. I don't need a title to serve people. You don't have to call me pastor. Call me Ashish. Whatever, you know. I don't need a title to serve because gifts and grace were not given to give you a title. They were given for you to serve people. The title is just a human designation so that people know whom to, whose head to cut if they need to. That's all the, the title serves. Right, that's it. But otherwise... Ministry is all about you exercising your gifts and grace and has nothing to do with a title. You don't need a title to have a ministry. Are you with me? Some of you are. It's okay to say amen. You don't need a title to have a ministry. Just start serving whatever you gifts and grace you have. You don't need to have a, the title of an evangelist to go be an evangelist. Just go be. Win souls. Preach the gospel. Just be. You know, if people want to call you an evangelist, let them call you. If they want to call you brother or sister, it's okay. If they don't call you anything, it's okay. Just serve with your gifts and grace. Are you with me? Because service, you serving people, that is the true expression of servanthood. Not you having a title. You're just serving people. That's the true expression of servanthood. You being able to get down and wash their feet. That's the true expression of servanthood. Not the title that we hold on to. 
And in fact, titles are so bad because sometimes having a title makes you feel entitled. Oh, I deserve this. I must sit on the first chair on the front because I'm the pastor. Who cares? God doesn't matter, mind if you sit on the first seat or on the last seat. God is as close to the person on the front seat as on the last seat. Makes no difference to God. So titles are actually a big problem because they make us feel entitled. I must have this. I deserve this. I must be treated like this. Why? Because I have the title of a pastor. Get rid of that. Just serve with your gifts and your grace. And if somebody gives you a title, it's only a, a sign of responsibility that's put on your life. That's all. It doesn't change anything uh, as far as the gifts and the grace. So, number three. This is the main point of today's message. This verse is telling us to be a good steward of your gifts, grace, and ministry. So gifts, what God has endowed you to do. Grace, what God empowers you to do. And ministry is what happens when you serve people. Now, God is saying, be a good steward of the gift, grace, and ministry. Be a good steward of it. So you've got gifts and what God has put in your life to do. Grace, how he empowers you. And the ministry, how you serve people. Now be a good steward of that. So we want to talk a little bit about you know, being a good steward. And uh, I'm just going to draw these whatever I'm going to say from these three illustrations that Jesus had. We're not going to read them. I'll just mention them. Uh, Jesus talked about stewardship and he used three different stories or parables to communicate what stewardship in the kingdom of God would look like. So he gave us these three parables. Some of us know these parables. One is a parable of the talents. That's in Matthew 25. You know, he talked about these three servants. Uh, the master gave, you know, one person uh, 10 talents, another person five, and another person one, just different amounts of money. And, uh, you know, that story, again, communicates to us stewardship in the kingdom. The second, another parable was a wise and faithful steward. That's in Luke 12. He talked about a wise and faithful steward who was put in charge of the house. And a wise and faithful steward, he took care of the house, kept everything running well, because he didn't know when the master would return. But he did his job well so that whenever the master came back, everything would be in order. And then Jesus used a negative story, the parable of the unjust steward. In other words, he's saying, here's an example of what you should not be like. So he gave us that story as well. What you should be like and what you should not be like, the parable of the unjust steward. Here was this man put in charge of a business by, his, uh, by the business owner. He messed up big time, but he did some things to try to cover up. And then Jesus gives us three instructions at the end of that parable of what a good steward is really like. But I want to, you know, draw information from these three illustrations and present these four characteristics of a good steward. Are you with me so far? First one is faithfulness. And you find this in all these three stories. Faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be sincere and it means to be dependable. Faithful. Faithful means sincere. It talks about being sincere and being dependable, reliable. That means a person is faithful if he's sincere in what he's doing and he's dependable. You know, I was just thinking, we started these services just, just this is only our third Sunday. But I was thinking about that couple, Renatus and Nithya. They must be somewhere here, I don't know. All right. From the first day we started, they were back in their positions. When it is taking care of the parking lot, Nitya right there at the registration desk and thing. I was like, man, God, I want to be like them. Wow. What commitment. What I mean, we didn't have to force them. We didn't have to, you know, please come. Oh, please come. Others, where will they park the cars? We didn't. No, they are there. It's like, wow. Now, it really touches my heart to see that. That's faithfulness. They are there. They're sincere in what they're doing and they're dependable. I'm not, I don't have to worry at 9 o'clock in the morning, will I let us show up or not? What will happen? In fact, I'm not even thinking about it. Right? But that's, that's an example of faithfulness. Right? They are sincere and they are dependable. And the Bible tells us that that's a characteristic of a good steward. 
Paul, even the apostle, Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. He says, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. If the person who has given you the responsibility doesn't know whether you'll show up or not, it's a sign you're not faithful. If the person who's given you the responsibility doesn't know whether you're really sincere about it or not, it's a sign you're not faithful. Because sincerity and dependability or reliability are the expressions of faithfulness. And the Bible says it is required of a steward, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, that someone be faithful. Are you with me? That's, that's faithfulness. So be faithful in the exercise of your gift, grace, and ministry. Be faithful. That means when somebody says, serve me with your gift, grace, and ministry, or somebody has given you an opportunity to serve with your gift, grace, and ministry, or God has put you in a place to serve with your gift, grace, and ministry, you've got to be faithful. You've got to be you know, reliable and sincere. God shouldn't wake up one morning. Sorry, he doesn't sleep anyway, but he shouldn't like, oh, where is he? You know, he didn't show up. What happened? That's not being faithful. Amen? Now, I try, I try uh, to treat my word as my bond. That means if I give a word, I try to keep it. Now, sometimes it may take me a little time to keep it because of all the other things that are happening. But I always remember, if I tell somebody something, it's my bond. I want to keep it. Even if I'm, you know, uh, if, it, if I need to rearrange my schedule or whatever, I want to keep that word. And now, given all the things that are happening, it may take a little bit of time. But for me, my word is serious. I want to keep it. My word is my bond. I must be committed to my word. Now, you and I must be committed. When you give your word saying, I'm going to serve in some way, whatever, it's your bond. You don't need to piece of paper to sign it. The moment it comes out of your mouth, it's your bond. Are you with me? That's faithfulness. Hail, rain, sunshine, or snow. You are there. It's your bond. Your commitment. No excuse. I mean, unless there's something absolutely genuine. But otherwise, to the best of your ability, you're faithful. That's one characteristic of a, a good steward. And, you know, in these three parables, Jesus highlights certain things about faithfulness. He says, you must be faithful in little things. Faithful in little things. If you're faithful in little things, then God will set you over big things. If you're faithful in little things, God will set you over. See, this is how God's kingdom operates. You be faithful in little things. He'll set you over big things. Some of us, we envy people who've reached a certain level. Wow, how did he get there? Well, in the kingdom, this is how it works. You be faithful in little things, God will take you up to big things. In the world, you can, you know, bribe somebody, you can do this, you can do that. And I'm talking about the kingdom. In the kingdom, this is how it works. You be faithful in little things, God will set you over big things. That's it. Secondly, Jesus said, you must be faithful in money. Faithful in money. And this is the main point uh, from that parable of the unjust steward. At the end of it, he gives this, you must be faithful in money. And many of us think money is like, oh, I don't care about money. Hey, you better. Why? Because Jesus said, if you cannot be faithful in the unrighteous mammon, how can you be trusted with true riches? That means God will not trust you with the things of his kingdom if you cannot be faithful in money. Jesus said it. I'm, I didn't make it up. Some people say, oh, money, I don't care. No, you better. If you want to be somebody of significance in the kingdom, treat money well. Take care of it for the sake of the kingdom. And then God said he will trust you. He will put in your hands true riches to handle Amen? And then he also said in Luke 16, the third thing about faithfulness Jesus said was this. He said, you must be faithful in what is another man's and then you will have your own. So many of us say, I want to be, I want to have my own. Well, this is how it happens in the kingdom. 
in the kingdom, if you're faithful in what is somebody else's, then God will entrust you with what is your own. I remember when we were living in Chicago, we lived there a couple of years before we moved back to India. And Amy and I, we decided to be part of a small church. There was a young pastor and a couple who were, you know, were getting this church started. I said, Father, I'm going to serve in this church under this man. But everything I do, I'm doing it because I, I, I want to sow. Because when I go back to India, I want to reap. And I, want, I want faithful people who will serve with me the same way I serve faithfully under this young man who's starting a church. And so when we started going, I used to arrange chairs. Now I had a ministry outside, meaning outside I, I could go and preach and do everything. But there I went, made, made sure, arranged chairs. I made sure I folded up the chairs, cleaned it out. I would help mop the floor. I said, God, everything I'm doing, I'm doing it under him because I want people to like that, to serve under me. When I'm faithful in what is another man's, God, I know you will give me what is my own. This is a true principle in the kingdom. Amen? So when somebody else entrusts you with something, you give it your 110%. I remember just doing it. Go mop the floor after the service is over. Arrange, pack up the chairs, stack them up after the service is over. Or help arrange the chairs before the service. I'd do it. It was not below my dignity. I'm a minister of God. No, 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 no. I have my own ministry. No, no, forget. When I come here, I'm nobody. I'm here to serve. I don't need titles. That's what I did. That's what we did in that church for, I think, two years or so when we were there. Arrange the chairs, pack the chairs, whatever. But it's not below. It's for the house of God. It's for the king. But when you are faithful in what is another man's, God will give you what is your own. That's how the kingdom works. Are you learning? So when, with your gift, with your grace and the ministry you have, if you are serving under somebody else, serve faithfully. That means be sincere. Be dependable. Be faithful in little things, small things. Why I'm such a great man. I have double PhDs. Told me to put the chairs. Do it. Little things. Be faithful in money. Whatever amount God puts in your hands. I remember when we started the church here, you know, we would get little money, but everything was accounted. We didn't treat it lightly. Today we handle lots and lots of money. But I look back and say, God, on the very first day we had church, we accounted our small offering, whatever we got. Every Sunday we accounted for those things. We didn't treat it lightly. But when we are faithful in little things, God will put so much more in your hands. So we didn't get here by accident. We got here by applying the principle of faithfulness. Amen? And be faithful in what is somebody else's. Then God will give you what is your own. And this applies to anything. Some of you want to be entrepreneurs. You want to start your own business. And you're working, working for somebody else. Be faithful there. Then God will entrust you with what is your own one day. Amen? Second thing about, about uh, being a good steward is excellence. And we see it again in these, these stories that Jesus gave us. Excellence, ex especially the second one in Luke 12. Uh, the man took care of the house. Everything in order. Did it well. So that when the master of the house returns, he will commend the, the caretaker, the, the steward that he had put in charge. So we want to do everything with excellence. Don't give. See, sometimes we say, well, I'm just serving God. I'll just give God, just take what, my leftovers. Don't give God like that. When you give something to God, give him your best. Push for it. Amen. Now our church media team, they know, like if an I is not dotted. Hey, why didn't you dot the I? You know, but we look out for those things, right? Everything matters for us. We want excellence. We have to strive for excellence. Push for it. And then you will have it. It doesn't happen by accident. So excellence. The third characteristic of faithfulness is accountability. In all three cases, in all three illustrations, the master came back and said, what happened? Give me an account. Tell me what you did. So we do that. We serve with our gifts, grace, and ministry with a sense of accountability. I have to answer God. 
And if he has put people over our lives, I have to answer to the people. So there's a sense of accountability. And lastly, there is productivity. God commands productivity. The man who was given 10, he multiplied it. The man who was given 5, he, you know, he, multiplied, he doubled it. And, and, and Jesus commended that. That, that you've been fruitful. You, you've, you've, you've increased what God has given you. You've been profitable. So you have to look out for that. Am I being fruitful in what I'm, and what I'm doing? Or am I just expending time, energy, and resources and no fruit? So a good steward is productive or profitable or fruitful or there is multiplication. So you look out for these things. Last point I want to share now and then we will take some time to pray. Number four, as we see in verse 11, ministry is an expression of God's ability through you and is solely for his glory. So Peter says in 1 Peter 4 verse 11, let's read it out together please. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So basically what he's saying is whatever you're doing, whether you're speaking, you're whatever you're doing, two things. Do it. Remember, it's the ability of God flowing through you. And do it. So that God can be glorified. Now, this is great consolation to know that it is the ability of God through our lives. Not our own ability. Of course, we make the effort. We nurture our gift. We develop our uh, skills. We do all of that. But at the end of the day, God, it is you who is going to do this through me. It's your God's ability through our lives. Amen. Whatever you're doing, God's ability. You know, sometimes we feel nervous when you're going out and doing something with a gift, grace, and ministry. You remind yourself, it's not me. It's God's ability through me. Now, maybe you have to step out and do something you haven't done before. Oh, God, I've never done it. doesn't matter. It's God's ability through me. It, just remind yourself. It's, you do it according to the ability God gives. And say, God, this is you working through me. So it brings us great consolation when we, we need to, when we are stretched, when we have to do things we've never done before, when we have to attempt things uh, that are very new to us. God, it's your ability through me. Uh, nothing that I need to take credit for. We're just earthen vessels through which the power of God is being released. It's God's ability. And then at the end of it all, we say, God, this is for your glory. It's not for our glory, not for our name or fame, but it's for the glory of Amen? So, just to recap, and then we're going to pray. Is each one of us, as believers, we have gifts, grace, and ministry given to us. Each one of us. It, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It may be in the church. It may be outside the church. Every believer is a minister of God. Every believer can serve God. Your business, look at it as a way of serving God. Your career, look at it as a way of serving God. Don't look at it as something secular. For a believer, there's nothing secular. Everything is sacred. Amen? So tomorrow, some of you will, will you know, you'll be back at work. Maybe you're working from home, but you're back at work. Maybe you're going, you know, you're going to, you know some of you are, are working in the, in the technology space. You're going to be you know, talking about building systems and so on and so forth. Hey, you're doing something sacred. So how can it be sacred? You know, I'm, I'm doing business. I'm building, uh, you know, systems or whatever. You're a Whatever you might be doing. Well, it's sacred because you are there. The kingdom of God is in you. And you're doing it for the glory of God. So that is an expression. That is an area where you are releasing gifts, grace, and ministry. You're serving people. You, you know, you, you, in some way, what you're doing is touching lives. And you say, God, through this, I'm doing this by the ability you give me. I'm doing this for the glory of God. And, and the same thing happens when we do it to each other. That the gifts and the grace God has given you are meant to build up the body of Christ to serve people. So think on that aspect as well. How can you use what God has given you to bless other people in the church, in the body? You have something outside, 
you have something for the body. Secondly, ministry happens when you use your gifts and grace to serve people. Just use it to serve people. Whatever God has given you, serve. Use it to serve them. Number three, be a good steward of the gifts, grace, and ministry God has given you. Be a good steward. Be faithful. Do it with excellence. Uh, do it uh, with uh, being accountable to God and to whoever has put you in charge of it. And fourthly, do it in a way that will cause it to be fruitful, productive, profitable uh, in, in your use or exercise of those gifts and grace. And lastly, remember, it's an expression of God's ability through you and solely for his glory. Amen? This morning, I want to pray, or we want to pray in this prayer time. And I just want to pray specifically for a stirring up for the activating for the release of gifts, of calling, of things God has put in your life. Sometimes these things remain dormant inside of us. Right? They're there, but they're hidden. And they need to be pulled out. They need to be awakened. They need to come out. Sometimes we ourselves God, may have buried it there. God, no use. But today, by the Holy Spirit, I want those gifts, those grace that, that God has placed on each of us to be awakened, to come alive. And for those of us who are already in that, in that flow of exercising the gifts of the grace and, and using it to serve, I, I just want to pray for an increase, for an increase. Of gifts, grace, and ministries. You see, one thing about the kingdom is if you're faithful in little things, God will give you much more. That, that much more not only means much more avenues to express your current gifts, but also means there will be more endowments of grace and gifts on your life. So even that can multiply. Are you with me? Amen. So there is, a, there is this opportunity for growth in the kingdom of God. Like we said, it comes through applying these principles of just being faithful, just using what God has given you. And God takes you to the next level. And then he takes you to the next level and he keeps taking you. There's no limit to how far you can go in the kingdom. Amen? So, worship team, please come up. And we're going to stand up and pray. And I also want those of you who are watching us live, uh, wherever you are, as we pray, this prayer time is specifically for this. That's what I've been praying about. I say, God, when we pray in this service, I desire for the Holy Spirit to God cause an awakening of gifts, of grace, and ministry. For some of us, it has to be pulled out. It has to be awakened. It has to come forth. For some of us, maybe there's an increase, more of that grace and anointing, gifting, and expansion of things to take place. And that is what is going to happen this morning as we pray. Amen. And you know, if you're listening and you say, Pastor, I've never done a single thing for the church. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's okay. Just open and say, God, whatever he spoke, I take it. And God by his spirit will do something. He will set you up. He will send somebody to you who will draw out of you what is in you and then you'll realize oh I can do that right? so God will set you up and he'll pull out of you what's in you amen so let's stand to our feet please we want to pray this morning and just and just and, and, and say God I want to be a good steward of the gift grace and ministry that you have given me I want to be a good steward don't let this be dormant because don't let the gift, grace, and ministry in your life just lie dormant because, you know, people around you are waiting to be touched and God wants to touch them through you. Through you. You're especially there for them to be served. Through you. Right? So this is serious business. This is serious for the kingdom of God. This is serious for the church. You are valuable. You're important. God designed you uniquely He's positioned you wherever you are very intentionally. And this morning, there's going to be an awakening of gifts, grace, 
and ministry in your life. Let's just take a few moments to worship God and prepare your heart. Say, God, today, do it for me, God. Or take me to higher levels, God. Give me more, God. Increase the gift, grace, anointing. Stir it up in my heart. Oh, God, let's just worship. Let's sing together and let this become our prayer together. There must be more than this Oh breath of God Come breathe within There must be more than this Spirit of God We wait for you Fill us and you we pray it comes you
thank you god father we just thank you for your word that your word is truth and that you are watching over your word to perform it god even as we've heard this morning from your holy word that to each one has been as each one has received the gift we are called to minister it to one another in the body out in the world called to minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god it's your grace on our lives father we pray this morning specially for people in this auditorium or maybe they're watching us live father who in whose lives these gifts this grace this ministry is yet to be awakened father by the power of your holy spirit this morning god let there be an awakening let there be a heavenly awakening let there be a recognition in their hearts in their minds of the gifts the abilities you've placed in them of the grace and the that's on their lives and the ways in which they can serve people let it come into their heart understanding let the holy spirit bring it to them let there be in heavenly awakening father let dreams be given to people let aspirations come saying this is what i aspire for i desire to become this because it's been birthed by god in their hearts in their lives raise up people god who will take the gifts and the grace that's on their lives and release powerful ministry that brings glory to the lord and blesses many 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 lives father whether it happens in this body or whether it happens outside in the world that it all bring you glory awaken awaken gifts awaken grace awaken ministries let there be no person in this congregation those watching live let there be no person who's passive inactive unproductive and fruitful that in everyone's life let there be an awakening and unearthing what's been deposited father and lord we also pray that by the power of your spirit today god that you will bring increase increase to the gifts increase to the grace that is already active in the lives of people increase to the ministries and the ways of service bring increase oh god over their lives let it expand let it be enlarged let there be greater measures of your grace your anointing and empowering over their lives by the power of your spirit by the power of your spirit let it happen father i pray that you'll raise up people and position them in different places raise up people position them in government raise up people position them god in areas of business raise up people and position them god in, in in places in our economy that they can have influence and impact with the gift grace and ministry you've given them god raise up people position them in education position them in 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 places where god our world needs to see compassion they need to see the work of god that can transform human lives position them and places in society to affect social change position people father so that the gift grace of ministry you have on their lives will come forth to impact people to serve one another to serve people and let it be the ability of god being expressed through them let them be bold courageous and confident because it's not our our ability but our sufficiency comes from god and it is god who makes us able ministers so let it be god so let it be 
when your people stand before others in authority let them stand tall let them stand with confidence let them stand empowered by god most high let them stand as bearers of your name let them be salt and light in those places god and let them stand out let them be markedly different because of your gift grace and ministry coming through their lives for some of you this is something god wants you to hear that when you stand before people who are above you your bosses or people in high places in authority stand tall knowing that the gift grace and ministry that god has put on your life is coming through and you don't have to be ashamed of it and you don't have to be afraid that you might fail that when you get into these places and positions and you have to stand before people in high places stand bold stand tall because the gift grace and ministry god has given you is coming through you it's according to his ability through you stand tall in those places and god will be glorified god will be glorified we thank you father lord i pray that even today people will go from this place and they will start taking steps they will start taking steps to serve and as they start taking steps as they start moving you will steer them by your spirit you will guide them you will direct their path you will lead them into all that you have in store for them let them start taking steps and you will guide them we thank you and we bless you father we thank you in advance for all that will be birthed in the lives of your people amazing thanks and let a great work take place for your honor and for your glory in jesus name everyone said amen amen when you go from here start taking steps start doing things whatever you can even if it's small steps start doing it god will steer you god will guide you things will happen amen we're going to close i just want to remind those of us those of you who are watching online uh, right after we close our part of our pastoral team will be available on zoom so if you need prayer uh, you can connect to those rooms and they will be there to pray for you others uh, of you who need prayer uh, we will be available here you're welcome to come and we'll pray and minister with you we're going to close let's do that The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God our heavenly father and the sweet fellowship of his holy spirit be with each of us always in Jesus name amen amen